The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Michael, what's up, man? Hey, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm just really beside myself about, about the Sooners. And um, I know we'll talk about it later. Boomer Sooner. Boomer Sooner. (laughs) Hey, did you know that they played that when they heard that USC hired Lincoln Riley? It's the one thing their band knows how to play. Oh, our coach is leaving? Oh, (laughs) Anyway, we'll get to that later. Bunch of Charmin soft. Soft. Tim Ply soft, bud. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I've uh, ready to talk some craziness. I mean, we we came on Coaching here. We thought well, we're going to wrap up. Yeah, you know, we we talked on the instant reaction this last week. <clears throat> we're going to wrap up the Baylor game. We're going to wrap up the season. Kind of go over what our predictions were, and yeah, I think that got sh- shot completely out the window. We'll have yeah. to postpone that at least a week. That next um, week, we'll still wrap up the Baylor game some, but but man, there's a lot going on. Yeah, so we'll talk about uh, the off the coaching staff, not not the offensive staff. The coaching staff that has been announced up until now. I was expecting more of the staff to be put together. Um, however, going back to the comment that McGuire made, that some of the coaches that he's going after are still coaching in conference title games. We may be finalizing the coaching staff next week. Yes, but there, which the waters just got muddier there. It did because offensive coordinator Sonny Cumbie announced today or is expected to be announced. I haven't seen an official official, but like everybody's been like it's being reported with multiple sources. I don't think it's not happening. There is and a, maybe it is. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. So I was going to say that like <laughs> Sonny Cumbie has accepted the head coach position at Louisiana Tech. And they did tweet that. Probably okay. about an hour ago, there's a little 30 second video of Cumby landing um, at the airport and getting out of the plane with his family and stuff. So it's so it's, just like it's uh, officially official, just like Lincoln Riley did in L.A. He got off the plane with his family and some other people in USC gear. Yeah, and people were um, you know Zapruder film trying to figure out if he was wearing his wedding ring or not. Oh my gosh. Did you see that? I, I, yeah, they, they took like an official portrait of him on like the practice field or something. Like, uh, where's his wedding ring? Yeah, I don't see his wedding ring. He's already, then there was, he's already in the LA lifestyle. I, I, I bet he's just minutes away from opening up a, a polyamorous relationship with his <laughs> wife. Oh my gosh. Like it's, do they do okay. that in LA? LA. Do they do that in LA? Let me just say, I love my wife. We've been married 10 and a half years. I haven't worn my wedding ring in almost two years now. <laughs> Like I got out of the habit of putting it on last spring with COVID. Like we just didn't leave the house so much. Like I just stopped putting it on. I know exactly where it is. It's on my bedside table. I haven't worn it in two years. Does not mean 
I'm not married or I don't love my wife or that we're looking for doing extra marital activities, but that well, was how a many, reach. How many years have we fans. done this podcast coming on three? We're finishing up or our fourth. I never noticed. I've been in the same room with you. I don't know how many times we've been on the Skype call. I don't know how many times. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's not something people notice unless they really, really want to. And apparently this guy that thought he noticed something didn't because then all these internet sleuths came out and like, what do you, I mean, and they were sooner fans like, dude, what are you doing? Here's like a picture with Baker Mayfield with, he just doesn't wear one. We don't think, what does it matter? What are you even insinuating? <laughs> Anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, unconfirmed if Sonny Cumbie was wearing his wedding ring or not when they touched down. But uh, yeah, there was a video for it. I mean, really, I, I tweeted this. I, the guy's just destined to be a head coach, right? I mean, this. Yeah, I mean, we're I'm super excited for him. Like, it's a great. Absolutely. Great move. We all, we all expected like he was going to get a head coach. It was going to be like a group of five school. Um, obviously, Louisiana Tech saw what he was able to do. Um in his career up until this point, he was basically, you know, he's interim head coach for five weeks now, Texas tech. Um, you could hear it in his voice whenever he spoke, just like the passion he had for coaching and for his guys and his team. Um, somebody was going to give him an opportunity. Super excited for him. Sucks for Texas tech. I'll just be honest. I, I hate that. We're going to have to replace an offensive coordinator, but happy for Cumby. Like sure. Bittersweet, I guess. Yeah. And it doesn't just what we got to see of him the last few weeks. It was just a matter of time. I felt like if he wasn't scooped up, I'm kind of surprised he got scooped up this fast, but then again, not really because Louisiana tech just, it seems like a great fit. Sure. I mean, it it just really seems like he could thrive there and have some success and, and uh, get some stuff going. So, uh, so. yeah, I'm, I'm pumped about it, but also like you just, kind of kind of down because now we're we're faced with with that um you know we're entering the carousel slightly i mean we're not entering it like well college football is Notre Dame entrenched in the carousel uh man it is what they call silly season uh which we'll get to first we'll we'll, we'll get there before we do basketball then we'll get back to the, the rest of our football um but actually guys just you want to keep up with us really quickly on Twitter at 23 personnel is the best place to do it. Or you can follow me at punts suck. Michael at Michael underscore LBK understand the great tweets from our account to from Michael. So he's the one running the show when it's looking good, when it's terrible and you're very questionable. Like, why did they tweet that? It was me. Um, you get, you get us both though. Oh yeah. We are, we, I, I say we, it went from four of us to just two of us. Well, We're, hang on. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, Go no, ahead say what you're talking about because you're know. back. You're back in this now. I just remembered uh, we were we had made bets about doing the one chip challenge, um, and I basically said Texas Tech will go three and zero, expecting to have to eat the the one one chip. And I want to do it anyways. Rob was going to do it anyways. Kyle lost early on, and no, no, no. It was before he even lost the bet. He saw a video of somebody doing it. He's like, no, I'm not doing that. He welched like that. He's out. <laughs> Although he he's still on the hook to do it. Um, Michael was the only one that had secured not having to do the one chip challenge because his bet was that Texas Tech would retain Sonny Cumby as offensive coordinator, which they did. Yeah. But now they haven't. So we're in this gray area where Michael he, may or may he not. He left on his own accord, I believe. I, I think we'll have to, yeah, we'll I mean, have he to throw it to a vote. We, we may go, we may go um, 
a la Rob Bro Gambling Gauchos do a Pulse of the People on the 23P account and just be like, does, does Michael have to do the one-chip challenge? Because technically, Sonny Cumbie was announced as the offensive coordinator, but now he's not going to be. Anyway, yeah, we'll have to get into that. I but think I think I'm still I'm I'm free. I don't have I, to do it. I'm 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 more leaning towards you're covered and that you wouldn't have to do it than now that you're in this with us. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my! Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Dude, I'm pretty sure I have IBS or something. Y'all probably would need to take me to the hospital like that guy and Dumb and Dumber. We're going to have IBS. My Elsa. My Elsa. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, um, still trying to set this up. Maybe this weekend, Saturday after the radio show. Uh, If it's just Rob and I. (laughs) Well, <laughs> with Rob's cough, we may not have a show if we did it before. It would just be two hours of coughing. Um, but if we do do it on Saturday, Rob and I have decided, or we're we're discussing some kind of broadcast, some kind of recording of it, whether it's video, uh, at least some kind of audio recording. We'll talk about something as our mouths are melting off. Probably not talking about anything specifically. Um, but speaking of Rob Bro, still on the College Tailgate Show, ten to noon Saturdays going until the national title game. So we got another month or so you can check it out. Yeah. So, sorry. Last show, January 8th, the Saturday before the championship game, which will be on Monday, the 10th. Listen in Lubbock on talk 103.9 FM and 1340 AM, AM 916 San Angelo or anywhere you get your fine internet service at kkam.com. Before we get into coaching, it's not every day you can double your money. Michael, but with my boogie, you can double your money instantly. Thanks to their double deposit bonus for all new users with my bookies, double deposit bonus. When you sign up at MyBookie.ag and use my promo code sports drink, you'll instantly receive double your initial deposit. So you can kickstart your betting experience with all the best games, leagues, and casino options to choose from. If you're looking at NFL games, college football, bowl games, NBA. I'm sure MLB free agency's on there. The Rangers have committed like $500 million in the past 24 hours. Look out. What is happening in Arlington? 
Anyway, set yourself up for success by doubling your first deposit when using promo code sports drink at my bookie. That's promo code sports drink to double your initial deposit all the way up to a thousand dollars. Bet anywhere, anything, anytime with my bookie. All right. So come be, we just, we, we talked about new head coach at Louisiana tech. Um, love it. Hate it. <laughs> Introductory press conference will be Wednesday at noon. So you did say it's officially official. Uh, I, I just seen reports, but like reports of people that you would expect to be in the know, like uh football scoop and um, those kind of places. However, he has, there is an agreement in place where Sonny Cumbie will be recruiting, will be the head coach of Louisiana tech until December 13th. And then come back to bowl game prep for Texas tech until probably for the next two weeks, uh, which we'll get into. I mean, we, we can talk about our, our bowl game predictions uh, a little bit later. Um, right. But it looks like Texas tech would be playing the bowl games basically between Christmas and new year. Um, so Cumbie would be with tech for, like I said, about 12, 14 days and then back over to Ruston where they have fantastic peaches, by the way, Michael, they've got a, a very large uh, orchard out there, which we stopped at. It was on the way between my parents' house in Mesquite, my grandparents' house in Natchez, Mississippi. We'd stop in Ruston and get us some peaches. They were Well, see, best. you're already passing the, hey, coach, you know, what's, what's one of your favorite things about Ruston so far? You could just, you could just start right there with the peaches. Mitchum Farms. That's where it's at, brother. That sounds nice. Yeah, the um, the video they had of the airport outside of Ruston. I mean, it looks like a nice area of Louisiana. I mean, I'm, it's green. It's, I'm ex- I'm excited for it, man. Yeah. I, this just it just uh, I talked myself into having the gang back together next year, and was getting pretty excited about that. And it's okay. I'll be all right. I'll, I'm just going to do this the whole podcast, everyone. I'm sorry. It's just going to be one of those. Well, you know, I'm just really excited, but uh, yeah, that I'm not. Yeah. Well, if you want to talk about excitement, Michael, let's talk about potential replacement candidates for Mr. Sonny Cumbie. Two names were initially thrown out. I saw them as early as, as this morning uh, when they were talking about Cumbie being connected with the law tech head coaching job. They were like, well, if that's going to happen, here are some names for offensive coordinator to keep in mind. One, I think a lot of people are, I guess two of these, I'm going to throw out three, two of these. Everybody's is going to know Zach Kitley at Western Kentucky, formerly of Houston Baptist, formerly of Texas tech. Graham Harrell, formerly of USC. I guess he's been released. I haven't heard what Riley's staff is shaping up to be out there, but I would assume he's, he's about to be without a job. Formerly of North Texas, formerly of the green Bay Packers. I can't remember. <laughs> and then Texas tech as a player. Um, and then the other name that I, I've heard him be connected to the Texas tech offensive corner position, not this time around, or at least not yet. Andrew Souter at Kent state. He's actually a shallow water native went and played at Baylor um, mid two thousands. Um, and 
I think he's, he's got some pretty prominent family members that are lawyers and judges here in town. Um, but he's been a fairly successful offensive coordinator up there for Kent state. That's a name I would also be interested in Michael of those three, Zach Kitley, Graham Harrell, Andrew Souter. Do any of those light a fire? Man. Okay. So Dan is one of the guys that contributes at staking the planes and he's in our Slack chat. I don't know if he listens to the podcast that much, but because of Dan, I have been, I have come into the Zach Kitley argument soured just because that was all, that's all he would mention. And that was the only guy that he felt should be the offensive coordinator, including over Cumbie. And I just, I couldn't get on board with it. And I kept just trying to come up with ways to torpedo the, the argument. And I kept failing. Um, you know, I, I would look in the, the, probably the best thing I found was what I tweeted in the Slack chat today is that they all, they just only run the ball 99 yards a game or something. It's 122nd in the country, but Spencer pointed out a bunch of other stats kind of showing that they're super efficient at what they do just in all phases. It just doesn't mean that they, it's not like your typical air raid. You know what I mean? It's not like they're not running the ball because they can't. They're just picking up the yards, how they need to pick them up and, and moving forward, moving the chains that way. So I am reluctantly coming back around to Kitley. I think that, uh, you know, if, if uh, you, the, the term you keep hearing is complimentary football, and if that's what McGuire's mm-hmm. wanting to play, uh, you, you want an offense probably similar to what we saw in Waco. Um, you know, maybe not quite that quote unquote vanilla cause they were playing a second string quarterback, but you know, you know, just ball control, picking up third downs, picking up fourth downs. They were three for four on fourth down. We know that all too well. Uh, you know, they were just able to move the ball the, whenever they wanted sustained drives, the 11, 12 play drives. So, I mean, Kitley, I could imagine if McGuire were to reach out to him, he could adjust his offense to meet McGuire's needs a little bit. I'm sure whoever he reaches out to, they'll need to kind of work together on, on something. Uh, so he's kind of, he's coming around on me. Um, you know, looking at USC, I wasn't super sold on Harrell. I honestly felt the same about Harrell as I did about Cumbie last year. It just felt like, okay, well, yeah, former tech quarterback. Let's try that. I felt like Cumbie did a great job. He proved me wrong. Um, so I am kind of excited about Harrell on that aspect. And then, you know, Souter, I'd need to look into him quite a bit more. But, you know, what kind of surprises me with these names is I would think that with McGuire's connection and what he's been able to do throughout the state, that he would have somebody just kind of up his sleeve, ready to go in, in case of this. So I would, I would honestly be surprised if it's anybody with that direct Texas tech ties. Um, but what, what do you think on that? Okay. So I was with you and thinking that like, there was a lot of love for Kitley. And the reason I was seeing it was for points scored and total offense. Total yards is a meaningless stat. It doesn't like total offense is kind of arguably 
blah to, you know. Well, that's that's what I meant. Like, total offense in terms of like what the yards, the offense picks up. Yards don't mean anything points do. But even then, not all points are, are the same, right? And then I was critical of like, well, Kitley was able to take their offense from 19 points per game to 43 points per game. I was like, yeah, but they're running like 15, 16 possessions a game. So of course the points are going to be up. And we we talked about how efficient the Texas tech offense was. And I'm curious, Mike, I don't, I don't we, we can't really answer this. Those that were calling the Texas tech offense efficient, which I think we, we have at times. If we weren't a little blinded by our support for Sonny Cumbie. That doesn't sound like us at all. Because usually... the numbers don't actually hold that hold that out to be true. <laughs> Damn it. Um, what does what does hold out to be true? Like as much as we talked about, like I, I was trying to downplay total points or points per game for Western Kentucky. If you look at points per drive, top 10 offense. Oh my gosh. And that's one of the biggest ones. Um, so yes, they score a lot of points. They um, like points or touchdowns per drive. So number of times they have the ball that end in a touchdown. 40, almost 43% of the times they have the ball, they score a touchdown. That percentage, seventh in the country. Texas Tech was 36th. I'm, I'm not going to go through a bunch of these numbers. I've, I've got some advanced stats pulled up from football outsiders, and I'm happy to share them with anybody that wants to wade through them. But basically, in any kind of offensive efficiency statistic, opponent-adjusted, weighted, removed garbage time, removed FCS opponents, Western Kentucky was the top offense of the three guys I just listed between Zach Kitley, Graham Harrell, Andrew Souter. I, I know a lot of people poo-pooed like, oh, I don't want Graham Harrell. He's just another tech quarterback. What has he done over at USC? You More know, than you think. You, you know where USC averaged in, in offense? Right up there with Texas Tech. So as much as people like, I'm thinking of one person specifically. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say Rob's name, but he said how great the Sunny Cumbie offense was and how efficient it was, and then how Graham Harrell hasn't done anything at USC. Stats and not just total yards or points per game say that the USC offense was just as good as the Texas tech offense. So I I could get on board with Graham Harrell. I I'm more on board with Zach Kitley at this point. I think it's much more like there will be a large fan part of the fan base that will see him as the quarterback or the, the offensive corner that almost beats you with an FCS team. Um, see him as basically Kingsbury's right-hand man and helped develop Mahomes while, while he was here at Texas tech. And those are valuable points, but also there will be fans who be like, actually he's got a really good offense and it's not just how, how much they throw the ball and how successful they are throwing the ball. So I think even those less informed members of our fan base that are on board with Kitley like they're not going to be off base about, about being excited about hiring Kitley as an offensive coordinator. I just sent you a, a link in our doc that uh, next to Kitley's name, 
He claims that this helps his case. So if you go to stakeintheplains.com, we always put our show notes. Show. This is a show, guys. We always put our podcast notes on on the, the website. And so some a lot of these links will be there. But uh, Rock and Pregame, credit to them, the guys over at uh, Deep Dive. What is that? 101 The Beard. Yeah. They they did a deep dive on Zach Kitley's tweets, and from June fifteenth, twenty sixteen, they found a tweet with a beautiful photo of Jones AT and T Stadium with big thundercloud in the background, a rainbow. Looks like it's a pot of gold at about the fifty yard line, coming into the Jones, with Kitley saying, "I'm telling you, there is nothing better. Texas Tech University, Lubbock, Texas. This is the best place in the world." So that moves a lot of needles for a lot of people too, myself included, because I am a homer big time. And, you know, when you see somebody like that who took time to take a picture of probably the the only time it rained in the month of June that year, that means that they get it. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're enjoying that 19 inches of annual rainfall. Well, you just got probably 20% of it that day. So let's go for it. Let's Let's celebrate and take a picture of the rainbow and post it on Twitter. But yeah, I, I'm coming around to it. Um, you know, I, I, I do think that McGuire is going to have, it's, it's, it's so simple and easy to say, well, I just trust him. I think he's going to, you know, he hasn't won any games yet, but I don't see any reason why he would hire a guy that's not going to be very good. So even if it's not Kitley or, not, you know, either the other two guys, I think I could get on board with whoever it is, just kind of do my research, figured it out. Maybe if it's not Kevin Johns or something, then <laughs> which I was, I was on board. I was, I was all for him. And then I realized like, he's not going to do anything. He's here. not doing anything. <laughs> he's okay. just taking, he's taking up a scholarship basically. Um, okay. So PFF college football, uh, this is something that Kitley himself retweeted. It says best in the nation. Bailey Zappi, the quarterback at Western Kentucky that followed him from Houston Baptist. 4,941 passing yards, first in the country. 52 passing touchdowns, first in the country. 34 big-time throws tied for first in the country. I don't know what big-time throws is. You'll have to go and look look that up at PFF College Football. But dang. I mean, so, so what I'm saying is as I've come around, I would be supportive of a Zach Kitley for offensive coordinator hire at Texas tech. I am not as down on Graham Harrell as I thought he was like, again, going through these advanced stats and looking at beyond total yards and points per game would not be opposed to Graham Harrell. I think there's a lot you could say about the value he could bring to what McGuire is trying to build with the relationships of high school football in Texas with his dad still coaching here. Um, with some of the guys you've seen McGuire put on staff so far. Um, and just the name Harold in the state of Texas still carries a lot of weight. Like he's still, I, I believe he still holds his, uh, it's like a passing Academy here in town or at least used to, um, be on board for them. And again, I, I also really like Andrew Souter as a name that probably not a lot of people are, are, are throwing around just yet. At least in connection with Texas tech, I'd be down for him too, man. Yeah. I mean, I think another thing to throw into, uh, Harold's, ring there is he's been they've been floating along for over two months you know clay helton was fired two games into the year he was fired in mid-september 
And so Harold has probably taken on a lot more responsibility, even as the OC still, not as the interim or anything like that. But you'd imagine, you know, it, everybody has taken on some other aspect of running this program. So that might have been a good experience. I don't want to say it's been a good experience for him, but maybe a learning experience for him. Similar to Cumbie, but not really because he wasn't the interim. But I, that's just something else to kind of throw in there. He was able to to run that offense with all that turmoil this year and get the numbers that he got uh, without a head coach there. That could say quite a bit about how he's able to um, you know, communicate with players and keep them on board and keep them focused. Yeah, it's I've I'm talking myself into I could talk myself into about anything, Spencer, as long as it's not, you know, I'm, I don't think I want Levy. I don't want anything to do with the Bryles tree. No. Um, or specifically Kendall Kendall. And um, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess I wouldn't want Jason Garrett necessarily. <laughs> Me either. Uh, or Bill O'Brien. Yeah, maybe not Bill O'Brien. Um, yeah, we'll just we'll see. We'll we'll see what happens, but it's kind of interesting to be back in the ring a little bit. Um, you know, we did mention I don't I don't know if we mentioned this or not, but Don Williams was the one that s- sent this out that uh, you know Cumby is going to be gone till the thirteenth, like like you said already. But DeAndre Smith, th- it's just really interesting and weird what's happening. Yeah. DeAndre Smith, who was it? It was announced this week that he's staying, which is great. Running backs coach. I wonder uh, how much of Cumbie's decision changes that though, or it right. may change that because I don't know because you, you don't want to, you don't want to force a new offensive coordinator. Like, Hey, we've got a couple guys in place that w- we want you to keep. Like once you be able to like build your own staff, but also like, man, like I, it looks like McGuire is trying to do everything he can to keep him by saying, you're going to be in charge of the team and run all practices and the meetings, all that kind of stuff until Cumbie gets back. Yeah. And I mean, DeAndre Smith, who happens to be the father of Donovan Smith, is an excellent running back coach. I, I mean, the That's running backs have just hate reason to keep him too. A running back, yeah, is so good, uh, completely independent of Donovan, and both of both of them, both of what they bring to the team speak for themselves. Is all I'm trying to say. But the it is kind of interesting because you wonder if Sonny's or if Cumbie's going to try to take a couple of these guys with him. That wouldn't be crazy. I mean, um, you know, maybe he gives a different role to DeAndre Smith, maybe kind of a co-OC thing or, or you know, kind of a, you, you figure if you're going to move to a quote unquote lesser position to a group of five school, you would want at least a bump in your responsibilities or what you would be doing day to day. If he, if he was bringing Smith over to be a running backs coach at Louisiana tech, he may not be as interested, but he might be more interested in offensive you know, coordinator. Yeah, offensive coordinator or some sort of co-OC because I, I can't see Cumbie completely stepping down from being offensive coordinator. I feel like he'd be kind of a Kingsbury type. Who knows what he'll do? Yeah. He, he may be thrilled to not have to do that and just get to be the head coach. He may be thrilled to go from position to position and 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 not have to focus on that solely. So there's no telling. But but yeah, so DeAndre Smith will be running the program from now till December 13th, basically. Um, and then I guess all of these guys that McGuire has hired, which we can get, get into that a little bit too. We basically traded 
special teams coaches with SMU, sort of. Well, um, we ours to SMU, and then and then he went to TCU, basically. Yeah. So Domerdahl uh, has gone on to TCU, and we all kind of were joking around, like, "Okay, good, thank you, bye." <laughs> um, but he had a nice tweet saying it was a, it was an honor to coach for Texas Tech, and he he took a guns up picture in front of a pump jack. I was like, "Man, come on, I'm trying to get over you." <laughs> We're trying, we're trying to Not talk to like trash you. about how everybody was taught to field punts b- between the five and the goal line and not take a touchback ever. And then, and then you do something like that and you had a really good, I mean, I'm sure part of it was just kind of natural talent coming in, but Hey, McNamara, I feel like he did get better while he was here. He completely yeah, I built a field goal unit. I mean, they were able to Gare pull Bay's, off some really cool stuff. Yeah. Bay's really dang good. Yes. Like it like the specialists were good. The returners, the return game, the scheming was not. Right. Made, and they made some poor decisions that they were obviously coached to do. Yeah. And one of them it cost him the season. You know, Jadarius Townsend, if he hadn't tried to field that punt or that yeah, it was a punt at like the seven in Austin on the sideline. No, it was, yeah. it, sorry. It was a, oh, it was a kickoff. It was a kickoff in, in Morgantown, the end of the game. Oh, it was Morgantown? Oh, yeah, that's right. My bad. It was a, like the last time. Anyways. Um, anyway. What are you talking about? <laughs> Joey McGuire has announced um, he's retained three staffers and hired three additional members as of Monday. Two will have on-field roles, including Josh Bookbinder. Um, he will be the Red Raiders secondary coach. I heard specifically for safeties while Kenny Perry will serve as associate head coach, interesting, and special teams coordinator. Um, the new hires also include Quentin Jordan, who will return to his alma mater as director of football operations, uh, has retained DeAndre Smith, as we mentioned, Antonio Huffman, Sammy Morris, and Kate Sheely. All will remain in their respective roles. Um, just really interested now. Well, I guess also Dave Martin is a new member to the staff that we it's not, it wasn't mentioned in this round of hires, but was since the last time we talked about it. Uh, That's right. Coming yeah, that in was, from, that was like Friday, maybe. Yeah. Something he's like coming from a Dallas area high school. Um, interesting rules in NCAA recruiting. Michael's we can't contact or recruit any of his kids from his high school for two years. Um, also rumors of another really predominant Texas high school name. Uh, that could be joining the staff in in a recruiting or ancillary support position. Uh, I'll be really excited about. We'll we'll talk about that later, or we'll if his name comes out, we'll we'll, we'll do that then. But um, I mean, with now the offensive coordinator position being open, uh, we weren't expecting to retain um, Luke Wells, inside receivers and tight ends coach. Uh, we didn't want to retain the offensive line coach, Steve farmer, but all these positions will be open for the new offensive coordinator to hire. And then of course, uh, it's interesting that we're hiring defense. Like we've hired a defensive position. Yeah, secondary. Coach yeah. Without a defensive coordinator yet. Um, and I'm assuming we would hear about that person this time next week. Well, after you would the think conference that- title games. Yeah, he he may be whoever this mystery DC is, may have okayed this hire, and they don't they just don't want to announce it till after this week. 
Yeah. Uh, and the guys, like I said uh, previously, that that we had heard had been contacted or were interested in, in this position, Jim Knowles, Oklahoma State, it seems far-fetched um, that he would go from Big 12 DC to Big 12 DC. I mean, you could you could overpay. I, I won't say overpay. You could you could dub, double his salary essentially, uh, and see if that could entice him over. He's only making eight hundred thousand. Um, maybe that could could get him on board as well as coaching with Derek Jones, who they coached together at Duke. Mm. Um, but Derek Jones, I thought was was he corners or safeties? I think he was uh, safe, or maybe he's just general. I think he was back. corners, just because I'm not, I'm not positive on that. But I think it was corners. Anyways, with the hire of bookbinders, like, well, does that mean that Derek Jones is out? Um, anyways, I would be really excited about Jim Knowles. I don't know how how realistic that would be, besides just being able to double his salary because he wasn't making very much in Oklahoma State. I'm not sure how, well, uh, but it worked out for them. Gundy obviously. threw out something today. Um, he almost, he didn't guarantee that he was coming back, but he said something to that effect. What did he say? Fairly certain. He said fairly certain that Knowles will return next season. Yeah. Um, or we, very, very certain, depending on which thing you're supposed to, there's different quotes. <laughs> okay. Um, so he Pat- also said there were whiskey bottles at the Jones. So, you know, what is, what do we know for sure? I, I, okay, I'm not going to get that just yet. <laughs> Let's talk about Bedlam and the bottles in the field there, but we'll just leave it there for now. Um, another guy we heard was Patrick Tony uh, on the Napier staff at Louisiana. Uh, Napier has since been hired at Florida. Yeah. A big time move for him. It's awesome. Like, it's exciting. Um, although, it, oddly enough, I heard that Napier would be interested in getting Knowles at Florida. And not Tony's like, why wouldn't you take your own guy? Anyways. Um, so Tony may be uh, a, somebody to watch. And the guy I blanked on this weekend is named Gillespie at Tulsa. Is the other. Oh, okay. Okay. Defensive corner position type. I don't know. Well, they're all coaching still. We'll see. I mean, obviously there, there are a lot of teams in bowl games too. Um, but I think there, it's a lot more acceptable to move between conference title game and bowl game than it is between end of regular season and conference title game. Um, so we've got what, maybe a third of the staff put together the support staff recruiting wise. Unbelievable. There's this group of, of coaches that have, have been uh, announced, uh, you know, James Blanchard, Cody, Cody Belair, Dave Martin. Um, I feel like there was one more as a younger guy uh, that I've seen tweeting on the recruiting trail, but they're basically like all over the state of Texas right now. Cause they're, they're tweeting pictures of the schools. They're like, they're walking to the building. They take a picture of the school and say, hashtag Texas high school football and tax hashtag Texas tech or whatever. Um, they are everywhere right now. Just like, I'm sure that those things were happening under Matt Wells, but like nobody was saying anything. We weren't talking about it. Right. That's so, that's not obviously not the way to run things anymore. Um, I, I'm unsure why if, it seemed like such a secretive operation, the recruiting under the Matt Wells era. I, I like a much more transparent approach because as a guy who's not that super into recruiting, I have paid a 
attention to recruiting more in the past three weeks than I have in probably the last like 15 years, just because it's there because it's interesting because they're actually, Oh man, well we might land this kid or we made an offer to this kid. Well, let me check out him see who it is. It's not like some, you've got to go to this, the website 24 seven or whatever every day and just kind of see what's happening and check the crystal balls and all that kind of stuff. It's just, Oh, it's in your feed. Coach McGuire. Hey, that's face. cool. Oh, he tweeted the Ric Flair the gif. All right, let's keep our let's let's check it out. And then cuz Wells would never he would do the the Reckham tweet, but then I don't think he ever retweeted who committed. No, like he 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 stayed so far away from it. It was like I wonder if he was concerned about committing some kind of violation. Yeah, that's pro- that sounds like something he'd be overly concerned with. I don't mean um, that as a knock. He was just a guy that seemed to be mostly really by the book, uh, maybe to an extreme. But that was just, that's something that I've enjoyed having McGuire around because you just, you, you feel like you're involved, even though you're not, but you just feel like you're, man, I, hey, he went, we, you know, you start talking, we, yeah, we went, we went up to Amarillo this weekend and talked with some kids and, you know, got, Got an offer out. You know, that kid from dis- from post decommitted. You know, now what? So there's all this other aspect of it that we weren't really exposed to the last 10 years. Yeah. So I, I just want to talk about it really quickly. Um, the the recruiting class for 2022. So the one you're going to be signing, your early signing day is, I'm going to say next month, but it's in December. Um, and then, of course, the, the last signing day, last signing day that starts that period is in February. Since McGuire has been named head coach, your recruiting rank and then nationally has gone up like 30 spots. Uh, you've gotten commitments from Jalen peoples, Ty Canna, Eric gray, sincere Massey, Harvey D- Dyson. Those are your high school guys. You got two transfers, a defensive back or safety from Texas, Tyler Owens, uh, offensive line, sorry, linebacker transfer, Dimitri Moore. That's all for this class. Um, you're up to, like I said, 46 in the country next year's class, Isaiah Crawford, the post linebacker you talked about, Caden Carr, Calvin Simpson, hunt, John Curry, John Curry's the latest commitment, uh, came in yesterday. Uh, th- those four guys make up your 2023 class average rating of 90 12th in the country. Second in the big 12. Um, which will change a little bit because the, the Calvin Simpson hunt and John Curry don't have ratings. So their, their average position rating is a little higher because they don't count zeros. Um, anyways, great start there. Obviously you've still got a couple guys here locally in the city of Lubbock, uh, at Cooper that you would love to get flipped. Uh, Kyler and Kobe McKenzie, especially since McKenzie was committed so long to Oklahoma. He decommitted once, uh, Lincoln Riley announced that he was leaving. Um, apparently Texas was in town today and offered. It's like, it was like, are they really arrogant enough to not offer like a, like a legitimate four-star athlete because they're committed to Oklahoma? Like they just waited for him to decommit. Like, okay, now you're offered. It's a bold strategy. I don't think, I don't think you should really hold yourself to, well, they have an Oklahoma offer or he's committed to Oklahoma. I'm not going to offer. Well, when you're Texas, you're like, well, we'll just get another four star down the street. 
not a big deal. Yeah, I, I think that it's it's really been interesting to see the fallout from Riley leaving and the timing, how much it's affected the 2023 class, especially uh, Spencer Rattler's entering the portal, which that's not a huge surprise. The timing of it is. I don't know if he would have announced it before the uh, the bowl game if you know Riley was still around, right? But you know, it's just it's been one hit after another for the Sooner fans, and I'm just really reeling, reeling it for them. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, that's a that's a long time to talk about. Um, <laughs> new coaches and stuff like that. We haven't gotten to basketball yet or the Baylor rep. Michael, are you ready to talk about some basketball? We, we yes, got, we've got a, I am. We've got a big game tomorrow night. Yeah, we do. We really do. I'm really excited about it. All right. Let's, let's, let's switch over to basketball real quick. Here comes Stevenson. Spins. Basketball is six and zero oh on the year so far. After two games last week, Tuesday night versus Omaha, an absolute dismantling, ninety-six to forty. And then Saturday evening, after the football game, eighty-nine to fifty-seven defeat of Lamar. So let's talk about Omaha first. Fifty-six point win. Um. You hold, you held Omaha exactly 20 points per half. You had a 23 point lead at halftime. You extended that lead in the second half. You scored 53 points in the second half. Um, everybody played. Uh, you were led in minutes by TJ Shannon, Davion Warren, Kevin Obener. Both, all three had 21 minutes. Malik Wilson had 20. Um, Shannon had 18 points to lead. Your scores, all scores, um, followed by Davion Warren with 14. Adonis Arms had 10. Um, you just, you, you, you handled Omaha handily. I, I hate, I hate <laughs> to say this. I hate to admit this. I turned it off, Spencer. I, I was giving the boys I, a bath. I, I was turned like, off the game when, when tech went up by 40. I think in, in with 12 minutes left, whatever it was. And I was just like, I, this isn't, I felt bad. Tech didn't even have McCuller. McCuller's been out the last two games with a, 
non-COVID illness. They're always very specific to say that. But yeah, with 12 minutes left, they were up by 40. And at that point in the game, they already had seven dunks. Tech had already had seven dunks, including Marcus Santos Silva, just to prove that he can. Um, it, the fans were still into it. I mean, they were up almost 50 and some poor kid from Omaha shot an air ball and the fans just were relentless. So I'm glad that the fans were still there, but not long after that, man, it was just, it just quit being enjoyable to, to watch. I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore. Um, <laughs> you know, Omaha had 19 turnovers. Tech had only seven. I mean, Tech had nine steals. They were just everywhere. They were just uh, all over these guys. The rebounds were almost double. Omaha had 26. Tech had 45. Tech really did a good job defending the three. They allowed 20% on the night, six of 29 shooting. Just nothing. Nothing was working for Omaha. Um, You know, I felt like Adams had the starters in there quite a bit. The minutes are not as bad as I thought they would be. Uh, I'd love to see points off turnovers. I can't see a stat for that. So I've got Texas Tech uh, with 27 points off turnovers. That seems low. That just just seems low based off of what I saw. 54 points in the paint, 13 second second chance points, 13 fast break, 49 bench points because you played everybody. Score was tied once at zero. (laughs) Lead changed just once. Um, yeah, so like I said, the the most minutes played was 21 minutes, uh, and then a couple of guys had 10 minutes. So basically everybody played between 15 and 20 minutes. Uh, the second half, I, I know I'm not the first one to make this joke. I'm just repeating it at this point. They were so hot offensively, they set off the fire to, the fire alarm. <laughs> um, oh, they were pretty good. 70% from the field. 63% from three, 67% from the three point or from the free throw line, but they only attempted six free throws in the second half on the night. Texas tech shot 59% from the field, 50% from three 67 from the stripe. So, um, I mean, it's, it's good and not super helpful to win a game like that. Um, cause it doesn't really test you much. Um, you do get to see a lot of people playing, you go in Saturday, uh, Lamar, you defeat them 89-57. You put up, I think, the most points you have in a half at 52 points in the first half. You were up uh, 19 points at halftime. Well, it was 14-0 to yeah, start the game. Like te- I, I remember tweeting score. out like, oh, Tech's already up two touchdowns. Yeah, for sure. Holy crap. Um, they, they started just as hot as the... Omaha game ended Texas tech shot 62% from the field and 57% from three uh, to start the game. Um, Kevin Obener Ledger O'Banner O'Banner O'Banner. I think O'Banner. O'Banner. That's what I, that's what I hear more often. I can't, I can't, can't commit to it. Apparently. I don't know. He O'Banner. had a great game. That's, 20 points. His best yeah. Game. yeah. 20 points in 20 minutes, uh, six of 10 from the field, three of six from three, all five of his free throws were good. Seven rebounds, just one foul, no turnovers. Bryson Williams, 16 points in 23 minutes, seven of 10 from the field, one of two from three, four rebounds, two assists. 
one steal. TJ Shannon, 30 minutes, 15 points. Like, dang. Marcus Santos yeah. Silva, 12 rebounds. 12. Yeah, he was grabbing a man. I, I can't believe how well Terrence Shannon Jr. has shot from three this year. I'm, I'm going to jinx him, and I'm so sorry, everyone. Here it comes. But for the year, I mean, during that game, he was four for eight, so he was an even 50%. That's what he's averaging in the three games he's played. He's nine of 18 at 50% from three, which is obviously something he's really worked on. Um, I've just, and, and, you know, we were worried about the three coming into this, but thanks to, almost exclusively to him and, and probably O'Banner, Tech's three-point percentage has jumped up considerably in the last three games because it was way low. And, you know, this this was another game where they finished with 45 or 46% from three. They were 11 of 24 on the day. Starting out the year, they were in the 20s and 30s. Um, you know, I think they were 50-something against Omaha. So it's it's been, you know, they were, they were dead even 50 against Omaha. They were eight, eight of 16. So that's been great to see that kind of uh, come out. And then, you know, I think this... Mm. I think everyone, not only did everyone play, but everyone scored again. I think in both of these games that happened. And that's... Yeah, that's what I'm seeing too. Yeah, and we're going to get into some stats here too. Um, You know, Ken Palm has some ratings and everything. One of the things that Ken Palm also has is strength of schedule. It's not good. (laughs) It's not good just yet. (laughs) I think there's 359 teams that he has rated in tech strength of schedule is 358th. Yeah. So grain of salt, everyone and Providence is by far going to be the toughest team that you have seen this season. And then you'll, you'll get uh, Tennessee in a week from tonight at the Madison square garden. But Ken Palm has you up to 11th. So far you moved up four spots this week. Uh, your adjusted offense went up to 22nd. Again, your opponent's defense, 358. So it's even with playing some of the worst defenses, your offense is still continuing to get better in the advanced statistical categories. It's like you're not just doing what you're supposed to, but you're doing it better than you're expected to. Adjusted defense is down a few spots. The 20th opponent's offense, 355. Um, Again, so you're, you're giving up a few more points than you should. It happens in blowouts. Haslametrics, uh, overall, you dropped just a couple of spots to 27th. Your offensive efficiency is up to 11th. You jumped 14 spots, according to to Eric Haslam. Your defense fell 13 spots to 26th. Can we we call this the Shannon McCuller conundrum? Because like the offense jumped up with Shannon in for those two games. And McCullough not playing, but the somehow defense the defense fell. went down with Shannon in and McCullough not playing. Now this means nothing. No. I'm not saying that Shannon doesn't play defense or anything like that, but it's just kind of interesting that your two best guys on the team, one of them doesn't play at all, and the other one does, and opposite things happen. At least according to these these metrics from both guys. Yeah, from both Kim Palm and Haslam metrics, defense went down, offense went up. So, upcoming game: Providence Friars. You were at Providence. 
tomorrow night, Wednesday, December 1st. I have some notes. <laughs> you do. Um, FS1, 730. They are 6-1 and one in the season. Their only loss so far has been to Virginia. And that Virginia defense, man, it's still no joke. They only allowed Providence to score 40 points. Yeah, and Virginia, I mean, they've lost. They had lost two games. One of them was to Houston. One was to Navy. So Houston's it's not like they were. Too. Yeah, you know, um, but not only has Providence, that's their only loss, but they beat Northwestern at a neutral court and they went into Madison and beat Wisconsin. So they are six and one, like you said, they've got a good, uh, you know, a good team. A couple of good transfers came in. I, I just wanted, I, cause I couldn't get a grip. I, I'm so excited to play some good, some good competition that I watched most of the first half of their recent game against St. Peter's. And so I've, I've got a little bit of notes here. I kind of, I kind of pulled a Spencer, but not quite as in depth. <laughs> I had six pages of notes, man. On the <laughs> Iowa State game. I've got one like posted. Um, the main guys to watch out for are, let's see, Watson. He's six ten. Oh, he's a, he's a dude. He's their leading scorer. He scores about 18 points a game. Um, Horkler is six, eight. He's a transfer. I think from North Florida, he's six, eight, two twenty. scores about 12 points a game, but he's also a great three point shooter. So he was draining some threes against St. Peter's. He had an excellent game against St. Peter's. Um, I, f- I think he had 20 something points, but he's 48% from three on the year. He's 12 of 25. I mean, yeah, not 48% like he's three of four or that doesn't, that math doesn't work, but he's 48% and he shoots. Um, so he's not somebody that you can leave open out on the corner. He'll drain those good rebounder too. He and Watson both. Um, so our guys down low are going to get tested a little bit with this team. Uh, Durham, he is a six, four guard from Indiana. So he's not just some guy. He's their second leading scorer. He's averaging 13.4 points a game. Um, not quite as good of a shooter, but is able to, you know, get in the paint and make some things happen. It's and by not as good of a shooter. I mean, three point shooter. I, I do think, you know, Croswell's a guy, he comes in off the bench. He's tough in the low post. He doesn't get a ton of minutes, but he's just another like six, eight guy. Um, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to watch Tech play this team, and and you've got it here too. The day I recorded it, it's changed slightly, but the Haslam metrics had this projected really, really closely. Mm-hmm. And the day I had it, Tech was winning sixty nine point one six to sixty nine point oh three. Nice. And then when you recorded it, Tech is winning sixty nine point oh five to sixty eight point nine seven. So that's even closer. Eight hundredths of a point, <laughs> right? I mean, expect a, you know, yes, Tech has railroaded these teams lately, especially these last two. But I don't think Providence is going to be that team. No, I, I wouldn't expect a blowout. Um, I would definitely say they've been more heavily tested so far in this season than you have. Uh, so they may be more prepared going into this game. You may be the better team, but they're, they may be more prepared uh, and you're going to be on the road and even being like 
um, a toss up with, with, with a, with a home team uh, means that you, you should be the better team, but we've seen basketball, college basketball specifically is just so volatile. Um, they can go on a run and just put the game away in like a matter of minutes. And I'm not saying that Providence is that kind of team or that they're going to do that to you. Um, but this is also Tech's first road game, first true road game. Yeah. I mean, you're, like I said, you're on, on the road up there in Rhode Island. The basketball team is there now um, playing in their place tomorrow night, 730 FS1. Um, the Dunkin' Donut Center, and they just call it the Dunk. Nice. Um, yeah. I had heard at one point gambling gauchos were organizing a watch party. Maybe. Oh, we, we need to look into that. You'll have to ask them. Um, the next week, next Tuesday, we'll have a, a better preview for this or maybe, well, no, no. At this point, we'll have an instant reaction. <laughs> Tuesday, yeah, December probably. 7th, Tennessee up at Madison Square Garden. That game tips off at six on ESPN. They are four and one right now. That record will change. They got some games this week. Their only loss right now is the number five Villanova, 71-53. They did beat number 18 North Carolina by almost 20. 89-72. They're currently 13th in the AP poll. But again, it's a close projected line. Uh, Haslametrics has it as a loss by a point and a half, 70.35 to 71.80. Yeah, I am I'm I'm probably more excited than nervous about Providence and then I'm definitely more nervous than excited about Tennessee. And and of course those numbers could change after you, after you played Tennessee, um, your team could be um, more battle tested, especially if you come out on top of this game or if it's a close game, uh, Tennessee could show some things this week that would open up some question marks for them. The, the projection could change, but we'll have two games. Uh, like I said, one Wednesday night, the first and the other one, Tuesday night, the seventh to talk about next time we get on. Oh yeah. Good. Cause there probably won't be any coaching news. Right. All right. Um, surely not. No, surely not. I'm going to call a quick audible on our, <laughs> on our, our, uh, our agenda, Michael. Oh, uh, I see what you're doing. Yeah, I agree with because you. Because it's, it, we've gone so long so far. We're going to go ahead and jump into the ads and then we'll get to some football. Um, then questions and what, what we learned. Okay, so Spotify Green Room, you guys know about this. It's the live audio-only sports talk platform. It's free to download and to use. You can talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. You can join us free, and we can react to the news together. You can. Uh, we'll be hosting rooms. Uh, we're not going to be hosting them probably as much this as we have been, um, we will definitely have one after the bowl game. We will probably have one after a big tech basketball game, you know, possibly we'll be recording after the Tennessee game. So, uh, you know, maybe Gonzaga, something like that. We may have an instant reaction. So be sure to follow us on Spotify green room app. Uh, you can follow me at Michael McDonald or, you need to really need to follow Spencer at Spencer Rogers and you'll be notified when we go live. And when we do come with your spiciest takes, we have a new sponsor. You guys are going to love symbol. 
is the stock market for sports that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. On Symbol, you can trade sports teams like stocks, stocks, and every time your teams win, you earn cash. Use your sports knowledge on Symbol to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Join the 7,000 early adopters who have started to invest in their favorite teams. Visit www.symbol.com to create a free account when you deposit. And when you deposit, make sure to use promo code SD to make your deposit risk-free. Visit symbol.com and use promo code SD and your deposit will be risk-free. That means if you lose money, Symbol will refund your initial deposit. No questions asked. Join Symbol and start investing and profiting from your favorite teams. It's not every day you can double your money, but with MyBookie, you double your money instantly thanks to their double deposit bonus for all new users. With MyBookie's double deposit bonus, when you sign up at MyBookie.ag and use my promo code, SportsDrink, you'll instantly receive double your initial deposit so you can kickstart your betting experiences with all the best games, leagues, and casino options to choose from. The Patriots are taking on the Bills this Monday night as they continue their quest to reclaim the AFC East title. Buffalo has looked like a legit Super Bowl contender. However, look for them to cover the spread. Set yourself up for success by doubling your first deposit when using promo code SPORTSDRINK at MyBookie. That's promo code SPORTSDRINK to double your initial deposit all the way up to $1,000. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime with MyBookie. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts.
Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Ooh, we did it. We did it. I was so excited to talk about football. You got in there rolling about my bookie and NFL. <sighs> Just got it just going. came in. It's, just, it's natural, man. Ready to go. All right. Don't fight it. Yeah, I, I shouldn't. You ready to talk about some football though, Michael? Yes, sir. Let's do it. They go four up top. They throw the fade to Fasher. Caught. Touchdown. With time. Delivered. Robert Johnson, touchdown Red Raiders. Take a shot to the end zone. It's a touchdown to Reginald Davis. All day to throw. Over the top, Jakeem Grant. Touchdown, Texas Tech. Second down now. Deep strike. Got the big man. All right, so I wanted to wrap up quickly the Baylor game. Uh, we had talked about just we'd given some more generalized end of season thoughts after the game, uh, but I want to go into it just really quickly as we have every other game this year. Baylor wins twenty seven to twenty four. Um, we kind of hemmed and hawed. Like the defense was good enough to win. I don't. I don't disagree with that. You miss some opportunities to to create some turnovers. Um, Blake Shapin quarterback for Baylor was not very good at looking off his receivers, which I, I think that's why you saw so many jumped routes. The Texas tech defenders, defensive backs were keying on that keying in on that. But my goodness, you could, you had like three of them that hits you in the hands. Um, any one of those, whether they stopped a Baylor drive or they turned into points for Texas tech would have definitely swung the game. Uh, and I think really, I mean, when, when you're playing, uh, a new starter at home um, and you're not able to force a turnover. Like you're, you're, you're not setting yourself up for success. I think that's where a lot of the, um, 
where a lot of the swing in this game comes from. And I'm not, I'm not laying this at the feet of, of those defensive backs that didn't catch those interceptions. But um, like I said, even catching one of those, I think this game's way different than it was. Yeah, it was, it was such a close one. <clears throat> one of the ones that, sorry, I should have muted my phone before I cleared my throat, but it was, it was just one of those things one of the typical games we've seen a lot. I, I mean, I hate to pick on the guy, but then again, I kind of don't second and seven in the third quarter Tech's first drive. Donovan Smith completes a pass to Geiger. He actually threw it behind him, mm. but Geiger still caught it, made a great play advanced for 30 yards, uh, moved the ball from Texas Tech's 28 to Baylor's 42 and then Stormont gets called on an unnecessary roughness penalty and tech is basically forced to punt after that it's essentially so it's, it's 45 just stuff like yard, that yeah it's a 45 yard penalty yeah if um, that hadn't happened i mean you know tech's at least on their own or on baylor's 42 that's there's a good shot air bay <laughs> yeah there's a, yeah that's right you're in garibay's range already so i mean just you could pick any number of things um had had they been able to pick up the guy that tackled donovan smith and knock the ball out of his hands. Yeah. If they picked him, mean, he might've gotten yeah. sacked, but at least it wouldn't have been a turnover. It's just one of those, one of those games where you could have picked a number of things and <clears throat> come away with a win. But for some reason, it wasn't as frustrating to me as most of these are. Uh, I think part of it was the number nine or whatever it was next to Baylor's name. That made me feel a little bit more comforting knowing like, well, you know, we played a top 10 team close on the road. Um, but they did have their backup quarterback who who did a good job. It's not like he played bad, uh, but it, it was just one of those weird games where I was, I, I wasn't super upset one way or the other, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I was feeling pretty out of the game uh, when Baylor had gone up 17 to three early in the second quarter. I was like, well, I mean, if we just, if we didn't have the turnovers, we did because Texas Tech was minus two in turnovers. Uh, the very first play we talked about Taj Brooks, not Taj Brooks. Um, Sir Roger. Roderick Thompson he picked up like 15 yards and, and then got just got hit and fumbled the ball in the first play. Uh, and then a couple drives later was that that corner blitz that Xavier White just missed. Uh, he I, he may have breathed on the cornerback as he ran by him, um, didn't disrupt him at all. Hit Donovan Smith uh, from the blind side uh, and definitely knocked the ball out there. I felt like had you not had those two turnovers, um, it would have definitely kept you in the game. Baylor scored 10 points off those two turnovers. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I said, even just one of those. Um, Baylor missed a field goal. I mean, that was great. That was a great uh, fortunate thing to happen for the tech defense in, you, in you the held, third quarter. You held them on fourth down. Like had they converted that fourth down, the game would have ended with Baylor having the ball. Uh, and they would have just run out the clock like they did against Oklahoma. Yeah, um, I mean, Colin Schooler played an excellent game, aside from when he was asked to do some pass coverage that he probably shouldn't have been doing. But Apparently, Schooler yeah. does not like Baylor quarterbacks because he he hit Shapin. Yes. Um, Jeffers, too. Yeah. Um, you were essentially you know equal in pass yards, 254 for Baylor, 263 for Tech. Uh, Baylor had 180 rushing yards, but that was on 50 carries. So that was only three and a half yards per carry. You're winning games. You're holding people to three and a half yards per carry, especially if that's, if that's the meat of their offense. You had 124 yards 
but that was four and a half yards per carry. You could have gotten with some more. And that wasn't without, I mean, that was without like a huge chunk play on the ground. Um, like you did in the air when you had the 75 yard reception to Coons, uh, or the 38 yard reception to Mannix or the 31 yard reception to Geiger. Was, was I the only one waiting for the ineligible man downfield call for that Coons? But the ball Touchdown. was, it was the, the pass was completed behind the line of scrimmage. So it wouldn't have mattered. Oh, okay. Okay. Cause man, by the time he got rolling, those linemen were like 15 yards in front of him. <laughs> I was like, how does this th- I feel like someone always comes up with a reason to, to make that call against Texas tech. Okay. Well, but I, man, didn't, like, I didn't know the see, see, I don't know things. I don't know things, Spencer. I don't know if that the pass is behind the line of scrimmage and the rules are different. Yeah. I mean, it, it's like when they run a, like a screen to a running back that the offensive lineman gets out in front and they just, just drop the ball over Just the, start trucking. The yeah. Um, Baylor out possessed you by 15 minutes. They had a, the ball a whole quarter longer than you did. Uh, and a lot of that wasn't, was in the second half or, um, you know, when they had that nine minute drive and when they had those real early in the game, when they had the, those turnovers, they had three drives basically to year one. Um, so it's just small things. Um, and those small things are going to, are going to, cost you in a game where you need to be pretty much perfect. Um, losing the game doesn't hurt. I mean, it, it hurts, but it's not like it doesn't change your standings in the big 12. Really? Uh, it doesn't, doesn't change your bowl eligibility. doesn't change who's on the coaching staff and who isn't. Um, it would have been a whole lot more fun to win that game. Um, especially with just the, there's the storylines of revenge or um, McGuire helping out as his new team, scout the old team. Yeah, and it it eliminating completely eliminating Baylor from the championship game. But I, you know, I kind of I'd rather have Baylor in there than Oklahoma at this point. Yeah, I know. Me too. I, it's a weird weird world to live in. That, but that's that's where I am too. Again, I I want to profess our love for Jonathan Garibay. Uh, oh, absolutely. But so I yeah. I had a coworker that was at that game. He almost made that thing, man. <laughs> I was that a co- wind was whipping. It was, uh, and I, so I'm getting. I had a coworker that was at that game. He was sitting in the opposite end zone, so he was. Garibay's kick was going away from him. Oh. He was basically middle of the field. Kick was going away. He said he looked up in the stadium, uh, and he he mentioned this to his brother that was there. They had flags, like an American flag and a Texas flag. Um, they were blowing in different directions. <laughs> He's like, what, what's even happening over there? Cause it was the open end of the stadium that was facing towards the river. Um, and of course the, like there was wind in his face too, like 53 yards. And like, again, he missed it by feet, a couple of yes. feet. Um, we love you. Garibay. I, I, he, it kind of made me like a little sad when he tweeted out, like, I'm sorry, I couldn't come through. I was like, dude, you're 12 of 13 on the year. Your, your first miss of the year is on the last play of the game and the last game of the season. Like we can't expect perfection. Well, and it wasn't and like you gave a, it to us. A, it wasn't like a 28 yarder. No, it was, it would have like, that's, that's a long field goal, even in, in the NFL. Yeah. Um, and he it's did not it a gimme. Know, outdoors and, and, and the element, cause it was windy and rainy that day. So it wasn't like, it wasn't perfect conditions. He wasn't indoors. The wind wasn't behind him. Like we could say he may have had when he kicked the 63 yarder against Iowa state. Um, anyways, we love Gary Bay going into the game. Texas tech was nearly a 16 point dog, 15 and a half points over under a 52. They, they hit the under at 51. 
or 15. Well, we at least had that right. We, we yeah. both thought they'd hit the under, but we, uh, we both thought that, uh, Baylor would cover. Yeah. Or, I, 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 oh, oh, I did. You didn't. I, I had right under the cover, uh, right, right at 15 points. I had Baylor winning 28, 13. Obviously they won 27, 24. Michael had them winning 31, 14. So yeah, we were sorry, both guys. pretty close on, on the Baylor output of, of, of points. Uh, we underestimated uh, the bounce back from Donovan Smith and Cumbie's offense. All right. Championship weekend is upon us. We've got conference title games all over the place. You want to run through the lines really quickly, Michael? Yeah. Let's start so with the, what we got here. Start. Uh, we'll leave the big 12 for last. Let's start out West pack 12 Oregon versus Utah. Utah is the home team here. Three point favorite. I know Utah has been pretty good. Uh, I want Oregon to win this one. So I'm, I'm big with my heart here. Give me Oregon to cover and to win. I want Oregon as well, even though Utah <laughs> stomped the crap out of them. What? Like three weeks ago, they beat them 38 to seven. Now that was in Utah and I couldn't tell you where the PAC 12 championship is held. I'd assume somewhere meaningful. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think uh, I think Oregon bounces back here. I think they're going to not get just annihilated by Utah again. They're playing at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. Ah, uh, there you go, Vegas. It's a good place to be. Do they have a bowl game there yet? Because they should. Oh, I'm going to look that up. Um, SEC title game: Georgia versus Alabama. One versus two here. Georgia favored to win by four. That defense is legit. I don't know if Alabama is scoring four points. Give me Georgia to win this and to cover. What was the, let me see. Georgia. Oh yeah. I, I'm surprised the line's this low. Um, I'm picking Georgia too. Okay. There is the Las Vegas bowl. Isn't it like Pac-12 Mountain West or something? Oh, it's like Mountain Big West. Big 10. Big 10 Pac-12. It used wow. to not actually be in Las Vegas. But I think now that it, it, I think now it is. Wasn't it out there at like uh, UNLV? It was in uh, let's see. The game was played in Sam Boyd Stadium in Whitney, Nevada. But now it is played in Allegiant Stadium in Paradise, Nevada. Paradise. All right, the AAC slash New Big 12, Houston versus Cincinnati. This is a big line for a conference title game. Ten and a half points. Cincinnati is the favorite. Houston has not lost since week one versus Texas Tech. How weird is that? It's very weird. I I think, I mean, Cincinnati, they pulled away, but they kind of struggled against Eastern Carolina. I watched some of that over the weekend. I'm not sure why. I was in my... I was putting a desk together or something. Anyway, um, <laughs> I think I'm going to pick, I would pick Houston to cover here plus 10 and a half. That just seems like, I, th- I feel like Holgerson could, could manage that. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm with you. I, I, I would take Houston to cover, but Cincinnati to still win. Yeah, me too. ACC wake force versus Pitt. Weird to say that and not have Clemson in there. Uh, Pittsburgh is actually the favorite at three points. Give me Wake Forest. Aren't they still a top 10? I'm not sure because I, they are not Clemson. And so since they've lost a game or two, 
they don't get the benefit of the doubt. They beat Boston College this past weekend, forty-one to ten. I'm gonna look up because the the college playoff just came out tonight. They're both ten and two. Wow, Pitt, Pitt, the Pittsburgh Panthers are seventeenth, ranked seventeenth at ten and two. Wake Forest is eighteenth, also at ten and two. Yeah, a ten and two team that was named Clemson. There's no flipping way they would be that down. No, there's just no way. You know, Ohio State. Let's see, other ten and two teams in the top ten: Ohio State, Ole Miss, Baylor, and Oregon. Yeah, but you know, Wake Forest doesn't get the benefit of the doubt. Okay, uh, uh, I know nothing about this. I'm going to go with Wake Forest just because I like them and go Tim Duncan, Demon Deacons, yep. uh, Big Ten, Michigan. Wow, really put it on Ohio State this weekend. Hate yes. to see it. <laughs> Iowa versus Michigan. Michigan's at a, like same ten and a half point favorite that we saw Cincinnati over Houston. Um. Give me Iowa here, man. I'm I'm with you. I'm, I was going to say that that feels like a lot for a lot them of to points. cover against Iowa. So give me Iowa, and then wrap it up. Big Twelve: Baylor versus Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State is a five point favorite. I know these two teams have played before, and I'm I almost just want to like throw that out. Um, I man, I don't I don't even know where I want to go with this just yet. Because they they played the first weekend of October this year. I'm looking it up. Oklahoma State won 24-14, uh, and they put up 10 points in the fourth quarter. Oklahoma State did. Um, mm-hmm. So it was tied up till the end, basically. Yeah, but Oklahoma State, if you look at the win probability on the ESPN game tracker, it never, never went to Baylor's side. It's always in favor. Um because Oklahoma State got out to a 14 0 lead. Uh, Baylor got it to within seven. Um, Oklahoma State kicked a field goal. Then they were Oklahoma State was up 10. Baylor scored a touchdown, got it within three. And then with two minutes to go, Oklahoma State iced it to go up 10. After watching Bedlam, I feel like Oklahoma State's offense has more potential. Than what Baylor's does, especially and that may if, be the difference. Yeah, I, I'm I'm, I'm going to be with you there, especially if Bohannon's not there. Like if, if Bohannon's out, it's definitely not going to be close. Even then, I don't think he'd be a hundred percent because I mean he pulled a hamstring or something bad in his leg, and he's a he's a mobile quarterback that relies on his legs. And I'm still I'm still haunted by the Oklahoma State defensive line. So Ugh. give me Oklahoma State to win and to cover. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at too. It, it just seems like one of those, I don't know, 31-24 kind of scores. I could see Oklahoma State winning that. I, what do you want to happen, though? So I would I would officially pick them. So if, if Oklahoma State wins, then they are a power five, 12-1 um, and one win team. Are they, are they good enough? Are they high enough to get into the playoff? I, I think the only way when you're dealing with Notre Dame, I don't know because Notre are Dame they, is number six right behind them and they're 11 and one, but Notre Dame's done, right? They're not playing. It's not like last year. They're not playing in the a ACC championship. 
So they are done. So there's a chance that if Oklahoma State wins, Cincinnati wins, Georgia beats Bama, and Michigan wins, then Bama will drop to five or six or whatever. Well, they should drop lower than that, but let's be realistic. They'll drop to five or six. And then Cincinnati should, they might stay where they are because of how this committee works. Cincinnati might stay at four. Oklahoma State might leap them to three. Michigan stays at two. Georgia stays at one. I could see that happening because Notre Dame, I mean, they have nothing else to prove. They're done. And that's always, that's never good. That's never good if you're done because people will just forget about you and they, they were well, but yeah, sure. Notre Dame's 11 and one, but Oklahoma state just won this week against Baylor. And I don't care if it happens. You know, I'm not, a. have said it ad nauseum. I'm not like a conference pride guy. Don't care. But, um, so, I mean, part of me is like, well, it'd be kind of fun if Baylor beat Oklahoma state because then the big 12 is completely out of it aside from Cincinnati, <laughs> which doesn't really count yet. And so if that happened, then I think Notre Dame would be in. Now I, I know, I know one of the two Alabama or Georgia are going to lose this weekend and they're both like, they're one and four. If Georgia loses, Ugh. don't lose Georgia. Don't <laughs> if freaking Georgia do it. loses. Like I could just see them to like flipping spots. Right. Or yeah, basically, or like Georgia drops to four, and everybody else moves up a spot. Michigan goes to one, which is so strange. Like I have just been so out of Big Ten football, except for Ohio State. It was like, oh, well, I guess they're actually pretty good. Um, so my thoughts, my hopes, hopes and dreams. Georgia wins, knocks Alabama out. Oklahoma State wins. I want to see Georgia Oklahoma State in a playoff game. Gosh, yeah, that's that's. Okay, so that means that the playoff committee would move Cincinnati to number three. You think they'll do that? Oh, actually, I'm looking at the I'm looking at AP playoff or the AP rankings right now. Um, yeah, I can send you the Georgia, Michigan, send. Alabama, Cincinnati. Look at that. That's where it's at. Um, for the playoff. Yeah, I I think I think if Alabama lose, see they. <laughs> I hate this. I hate this ranking because I think they set it up. So if Alabama loses, they drop to four and they're still in the playoff. They might, they might have like they're, they're perfectly positioned. Like they, they could still be in it. Um, Who is Oklahoma state's one loss to, is it to Iowa state? I don't know. I think it's Iowa state. So is losing to Iowa state better or worse than losing to a and M? That may be what it boils down to. But at that point, if Alabama loses the, the title game, they'd have two losses to Oklahoma State's one. I can't believe oh, I'm, I'm sitting here parading or wanting Oklahoma State to be pushed up into the playoff, especially if we were, I, I we were making fun of them. harder for Oklahoma State <laughs> the other night than I've ever rooted for that stupid school. I don't know what it was. I felt so dirty. I was like, this isn't right. I shouldn't be rooting for these guys. But but yeah, I mean, kind of in this situation, I think it would be a fun playoff if you've got Georgia, Michigan, Cincinnati, Oklahoma State in some order. Because I think I, I, I think there is there is some viewership 
spice or whatever you want to call it to putting to putting up what everybody's saying is the two best defenses against each other and Georgia Oklahoma State and then oh, you yeah. almost get like a regional matchup with Michigan Cincinnati like you get Midwest teams not traditional power like well Cincinnati's not a traditional powerhouse but you get and a Michigan's big guy a Michigan traditional one yeah yeah and then against Cincinnati the up and comer like that have they've been on the on the cusp of the past couple of years now like okay our They've got their shot and they've got to take it against a regional opponent. Georgia Cincinnati would be fun too. Oklahoma state, Michigan would be fun. I I, I, see. I, for some reason, like those, I don't like at all. I like Georgia, Oklahoma state, (laughs) Michigan, Cincinnati, but I don't like any other mix up of that. Just, just please. I just no Notre Dame, no Ohio state, no Alabama. I hate no Alabama. I hate that they're at three instead of four. I know. Because I think it feels like, like they said, set them up, setting it up, yeah. For when if Georgia wins, that Alabama and Cincinnati just switch, and then what you get is a Georgia Alabama rematch in the first round of the playoffs. Again, I hate it. Boo, God, I hate that too. That would just, mm. I don't think I'd watch it, Spencer. I just don't think I'd watch it. I want to see Alabama drop to like five, be the first team out. Cincinnati move up to three. Oklahoma State move up to four. I can't believe I'm I'm, I'm rooting for that, but. That's what I want. I think that's that seems reasonable because you know how could you put Cincinnati has done the work. They're thirteen and zero. Yeah, I was. You can't only undefeated team. Georgia and Cincinnati are only undefeated teams. Yeah, Cincinnati would be thirteen and zero. You can't leapfrog them with Oklahoma State in that instance. You've got to stick with that. Just drop Bama down. Anyway, I, I hope that's what they do. We'll see. All right. Let's get to your questions. Michael sent out a, a very spicy tweet this afternoon um, that got some reaction. And I want to get to that real quick. Now, are these really the questions that I was called here to answer? Who's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? I'm Ron Burgundy. Damn it. Who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! All right, so Michael asked you guys, what would you rather, what should we talk about? Pillowy soft OU fans or other? (laughs) OU fans versus the field. Overwhelming response. 85% want us to, to trash on the Sooners. And you know what, folks? Happy. I'm happy to oblige. They have done it to themselves. They, I don't understand. Like for a, a team that, I mean, I do. And I, I don't. I don't want to be making excuses for them. But like, they have no awareness. No. They're crying and just trying to bring w- criminal charges on Lincoln Riley. They're way like wailing at the wall here about just how awful it is that like. Riley has tanked the program. How could they play in a bowl game at this point? What could he be doing? It's like, what you're feeling is what every other fan base deals with when their coach leaves. And I know it's hard for you sooner fans to accept that your coach left for a better job. Yes. At least in Riley's mind, like he set that mess, like he sent that message, but also like, what you are feeling now Sooners is what the rest of the big 12 felt in July minus the Longhorns. 
this oh, but anger and deceit and you just can't, you want to punch somebody in the face because of somebody looking out for themselves, which yeah. ironically may have pushed Lincoln Riley to leave Oklahoma. Yeah. For more money. Yeah. You're like you leaving the big 12 for more money is exactly what Riley did to you. He's leaving you for more money. Yes. And with it's a better it's shot at being like, successful. Well, oh, but, but, the, but OU gave the big 12 notice and like, no, if, if OU could have started playing the SEC this year, they would have done it. They would have absolutely done it. They would have bolted. They'd have backed the, um, you know, Baltimore Colts Mayflower truck to Norman and just, you know, started driving East just as fast as they could. There's no way that it's not like they did anyone a favor. They just couldn't get out of their contract and they're going to try to get out of it as soon as they possibly can. And someone pointed out to me and they may use some of this Lincoln Riley buyout money to do it again. Cause like, OU is, is they're they're not as flush with cash as Texas is. And, and this is finally getting people. I think OU fans are finally realizing that. Yeah. Okay. Texas has taken a lot of hits on this and OU has somehow come unscathed. But now when something like this comes out, and the fans just start to go ape thinking that they have been wronged and cheated on the nth degree. Then ever the, they're realizing real quick. No one likes you. No one likes you because of this. No one's taking your a, side. No, no one is going to go down this road with you. It's just such weak sauce crap. I mean, there's tweets like, well, after losing, uh, after losing recruits, there's a tweet from a fan who was like, I'd much rather watch an inferiorly talented team scratch and claw their way to wins than watch a team with national championship talent play like a conference champ wannabe. I'll take 2006 versus 2021. Guess you what? know what, jackass? So would we. I would take an 11-win team over a 10-win team. Good Lord. This is what we're comparing? This is the problem? They, they, I mean, they, they've got all these guys like, well, OU's really regressed you know, they, they've had a couple of two win seasons and, or two lost seasons and three. Guys, you haven't faced any adversity for seven years. That was the last time they had five losses. And I think they won the championship like the, the year after that and the year before, maybe. They've won six get, straight. Get out of here. They haven't had a coaching search since I was a freshman in high school. They, they haven't had to do this. They have been so spoiled. And they're just now realizing it. And I think some of them have come out of that shadow and are like, oh, God, yeah, let's tone it down a bit, guys. You know, th- things things aren't that bad. It's still OU and OU is a big name and all that kind of stuff. But there was just so many people that just completely were beside themselves that, oh, this can't happen to us. And then the traitor stuff, oh, oh, the softest, the softest of pillowy soft stuff to put traitor stuff on your own campus for this coach who anyway, I I love it. it, I'm here for it. Oh, I'm here for it too. Lapping up all of the OU salty, salty tears. Oh, the lack of self-awareness is, is just off the charts. And uh, I just can't get it. 1998. They fired a guy in 1998. And since then it's been Bob Stoops or Lincoln Riley. They have not had to go through this. They don't know how to act, and we're seeing it firsthand. Like, get on our level, man. We've gone it's, through four coaches in ten years. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like it. 
I would say a very large part of their fan base has never had to deal with a coaching search. So they don't know what to do. Like th- no. this is, this is par for the course, man. This is what happens. And it, even a, a, I'd say even a, a very large part of their fan doesn't know what to do as not, you know, to not go to a, a big 12 championship. Yeah. There's that too. And to not win it. They don't know. It's like seven years. You think about it. If, if you became a fan of OU, like when you went to school there or right before you started, you, that's a really rabid age from like 17 to 24. <laughs> and then, so all this news hits at 24 and you're just, this has never happened before. I don't know how to feel. Yeah. Cause 24, so 24 year old Oklahoma fan didn't have to do a coaching search. No, except for when he was four years old. He wouldn't. Yeah. He doesn't care. Anyway, the OU fans on Twitter, just hilarious. I'm also, I, I don't envy them either. Cause it's like, who's out there? Like who, who is a legitimate coach? Because you saw USC be open for so long and it, like it was open for so long. I was like, and then I forgot qu- about it. It got quiet. It was like, well, like, are they just going to settle? Like, they're just going to quietly hire or like promote somebody and just be like, we're just going to kind of hold serve here until something else comes up. LSU hiring Brian Kelly. That's a big fat wet fart. Like that's that that doesn't make a splash and they're paying him like they're excited to have him. That's something like $10 million a year, whatever the contract was like 10 year, 95 million or something. Yeah. Stupid is a hundred million with all the other crap. With Stupid it. Yeah. amounts of money. He's like, I would not be excited for that as a, as an LSU fan. Um, What's left for Oklahoma to go get like they're a big name. They're excited about possibly getting Venables back. Cliff Kingsbury to hear somebody tell it. And so I'm his agent, I guess. Yeah. And one, like if this is, if this is nothing more than him getting a raise at Arizona, like that's, that's what the agent's there for. Right. Like he's the one that negotiates on behalf of his client also helps him get a pay increase too. Um, but I actually had a thought though, Michael It's like, no, we didn't think Kingsbury was cut out for the college game, but I think at a program such as Oklahoma, where you can insulate yourself from doing recruiting and that kind of thing, you can hire the staff around you to do that for you. You could essentially recreate your NFL environment at Oklahoma with the resources they have. Maybe it makes sense. And I could kind of live with it because they'll be in the SEC by then, probably, or, or very close to it. I just, I, gosh, I, it would hurt. I, that would suck. Yeah. I really hope that doesn't happen. I hope it was just a big smokescreen because I've seen his name thrown around for who is it now? Um, maybe it was Notre Dame. That can't be right. But anyway. It, you're right. I mean, the OU's in a position right now. Their fans are so rabid and they feel so betrayed and <laughs> deservedly so or not. Um, this hire is, I, I can't think of a one of one that everyone's going to like. This is going to be a Tommy Tuberville hire. This is going to be a Matt Wells hire for this, for this school. Um, I mean, I, I really don't know what they could possibly do. I joked around about having Leach come back, which is not a, (laughs) 
that's uh, no one's saying that. <laughs> that's just kind of a fun thought experiment. Because again, he, they would be out of the conference, and so that would be they'd be irrelevant to us, whatever they do. But it's just one of those deals where I don't think they're in a position to succeed with who they hire. I think whoever they hire, the fans are going to hate it. I mean, like there isn't, there isn't a sitting head coach. I think would, would get excitement in that fan base. Like, because when you think about a program like, Oh, you, they, they would want to poach somebody from a big school, but none of the traditional big schools have been success. Like it's been a down year. You're not getting Ryan day from, from Ohio state. Um, Harbaugh's, you're not getting no, like, you're not getting Harbaugh. Not going, like Michigan State. You're not getting him. Um, Franklin from Penn State. It's possible maybe, that they but went he's seven kinda, and five this year. No one's going to be excited about that. I mean, maybe you look at coordinators from Alabama. One of them is Bill O'Brien or Pete, oh, yeah. Pete Golding, the the defensive coordinator. Maybe, but like, it would kind of make sense to, to kind of gear towards getting ready to go to the SEC and go ahead and take a. Nick Saban tree guy and install that kind of defense at Oklahoma while you still got a chance. <laughs> Brent, I'm, I'm holding my hands up like uh, uh, <laughs> Ricky Bobby. Ricky Bobby, I don't know what to do with my hands. Like, I, there's nobody. I like. I wouldn't even know where to start if I was Oklahoma. Like, who do we want? I think Venables is getting a lot of traction because he was there before, but he was fired from there. Like they fired him. <laughs> <laughs> that's like saying, Hey, uh, art Kaufman, we kind of liked you when you were here. You, you want to come be our head coach? Well, I guess, I guess Texas tech didn't, didn't fire Kaufman. He was on the staff when Tuberville left and be like, Hey, Chad Glasgow or, um, Hey, James Willis. Who's the guy we fired in, in Stillwater basically. Uh, Lyle Sentensich. Yeah, there you go. Hey, you want to come be our head coach? Yeah. Yeah. Come on back. Run it back. I, I don't know, man. Like I'm, I'm, it's funny. And I'm, I'm also, I don't envy, like, I don't know who they go get. Okay. Anyways, we did get two questions or comments. Kyle Lang, how do you feel about the announced staff? I think we kind of already covered that. Um, excited. They're already hitting the road hard. Um, interesting that we're getting position coaches on the defensive side without a defensive coordinator yet. Unless like Michael said, he's kind of already shadowing in, in place yeah. and he's kind of okaying this. Uh, any opinion opinions about potential offensive or defensive coordinators? Um, again, I'm not as down on Kitley as I was defensive coordinator. I would love to have Knowles, but I think you, I don't know if Knowles is the type of defense you can run opposite Kitley. If that makes sense. Cause the Oklahoma state yes, offense was does. not, was <clears throat> not geared uh, in the way that Kitley's offense is because you want to be complimentary which I think is a buzzword within the Texas tech program right now. You need to be complimentary. Um, preferred bowl game and opponent. I, th- I, I talked about, it. I, I would like the one at chase field and, and, uh, and Phoenix, which I think is a guaranteed rate bowl. Yes. And I think that's against a pack 12 opponent. No, no it's, it's big, big, 10, 10. big 10. Um, it, it doesn't make sense geographically, but I, I think a Texas tech Maryland matchup, and the guaranteed rate bowl would be kind of interesting and fun. I don't think they would send them, but Penn State, I just mentioned them. They're seven and five. Maryland is six and six. Maybe there's some chance they send Penn State to whoop up 
whoop up on little old Texas Tech. I don't know. That'd be an interesting matchup too. Yeah, and then the other one, uh, you guys talked about it on the radio show this weekend. Um, Kansas State is slated like above us in the bowl pecking order. And the next one up, I think, is the Liberty Bowl in Memphis. And they've gone like three years in a row. row. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's unlikely they go again, but maybe they take West Virginia for that one. Which would make sense. Yeah, it's it's, it's kind of hard to tell. I mean, I I think the Liberty Bowl would... Um, Let's see. Is that an SEC tie-in? I think so. Okay, like so West we're looking Virginia, at can, there's there's a lot of teams to choose from there. Florida, West Virginia, Florida, uh, Florida, Mississippi State. <laughs> yes, um, Neil Brown, Mike Leach. Let's see it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I would like the guaranteed rate bowl. That just that just sounds right. Send the guys to Arizona. It's probably going to be starting to get cold here and and not be super fun. Go to Arizona, spend a couple days there. I'm sure there's a lot of cool stuff to do in Memphis too, but I'm, I mean, not, I'm sure I know there is, but, um, I would kind of like to stay out of Texas. Like I don't want to go back to Houston yeah. again. Yeah. I don't know if we would technically qualify for the Texas bowl or not. Unless we start like shot shuffling around, like Kansas doesn't want to go back to Memphis. So maybe, maybe they get the guaranteed rate bowl. Uh, and that leaves West Virginia and Texas Tech between Memphis and Houston. And it would just make sense to send Texas Tech to Houston and West Virginia to Memphis. But I don't know. We're going to find out on Sunday, though, Kyle. Looking forward to that. This yes. season was odd and that Tech could have easily won eight games, which I, I said. I predict, predict eight games. We'll talk about that next week. <laughs> or four games. I suppose six games is just about right. Yeah, you could have lost uh, the Houston game. You could have lost Iowa yeah. State. You could have lost West Virginia, even. Stephen F. Austin. Could have lost Stephen F. Austin. Jalen um, Hutchings didn't just like take over I don't for think a drive. All, yeah, I don't think all those games go against you, though. Austin rushing, rushing, coaching hires, which we talked about. Don't give a darn about Oklahoma. Whoops. Sorry. Also, bowl game <laughs> projections, which we just gave. Um, Michael, let's wrap this up with what we learned. I, I'm, I'm speeding up now because I'm realizing just how long we've been recording and. We, we cut a big portion of our show out because <laughs> this was going to happen. It, it always this is how we, This is how we roll, guys. This is how we learn. So let's, let's wrap this up with what we learned. Um, and then we will prepare everybody for the Providence basketball game. Our bowl game and a instant reaction for Tennessee. But first, what do we learn? What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right. So first up, Michael, I think one. Yeah, we've, we've covered this. What I learned is that OU fans are, are weak. It's weak sauce. It's, uh, it's just, I mean, Tempur-Pedic is, is harder than most OU fans. That's what I learned. And I've kind of gone over that already. So what did you learn? <laughs> In the sake of time, I'll stop. <laughs> We'll stop hammering on Oklahoma. Um, so we are in the market for a Nintendo Switch for Christmas. And it's been one of those things where like we've been looking for like the past few weeks. And anytime we check, it's out of stock. Oh, no, they're unavailable. hard to find. Oh, it's like impossible. Like this is like the thing everybody's going after right now. And of course, supply chain stuff, whatever you want to say about that. Um I found one. It, it was one of those things like on Amazon, it was like unavailable and it was available for a second. I was like, I'm not ready to pull the trigger yet because I wanted the OLED model 
and that was not ever showing available. But it was the normal one, neon, blue, and red with Mario Kart 8. I was like, this little bundle, I like it. Perfect. It was like available, unavailable, available, unavailable. I was like, whatever. If it comes available again, I'm going to grab it. Monday morning, available, bought it. It says it is arriving Thursday. I have yet to receive an email from Amazon confirming my order. When I go into my orders on Amazon and I hit track package, it is not even shipped, but it's supposed to be here Thursday. So I don't think we're getting this on Thursday. I feel for you, man. We have one and I love it. It's great. My wife got it and we have like animal, animal crossing Mm -hmm. and, uh, Zelda Link's Awakening. That was that's basically a remake for the Game Boy one that I had growing up. Grayson right now is huge into all the Zelda games. Oh man, that Link's Awakening and that's a great one. Um, my daughter's four, so she doesn't really play it, but she likes to watch me play it and she likes to give me ideas on what to do. <laughs> um, and we have Mario Kart Eight too, which yeah. I'm terrible at, but it's a lot of fun. So I, the Switch is fantastic. I hope you get one. You're gonna love it. Um, I knew that they'd had some trouble last year and a lot of it was just because people were looking for stuff to do at home. I knew that they were really hard to find and the handheld ones were too, but I was hoping that with the OLED version coming out that they might get a little bit, you know, easier to get because then you've got three options. If you really just want to, you know, the handheld, you can't plug it into your TV like you can the the full blown switch version, but the OLED, I thought maybe, maybe that'll free up some of the other stuff, but apparently not. Yeah. So they've got three different consoles. They've got the OLED, they've got the regular and they've got the light. The light one is the one that doesn't have the removable controllers, doesn't have the base, whatever. It's just a handheld console. It's great. Also not available. I, I wasn't interested in that one either. Yeah. We got, went for the middle one cause I couldn't find the OLED. I want the OLED. I'm, I'm like, I've got it pulled up in a separate window. I'll, I'll refresh and if I think about it in case it comes available, I'll add it to the cart and buy it and cancel my other order. Especially since this other one I purchased, I purchased it yesterday and you know how quickly like you'll get a confirmation email from Amazon when you buy something like, Oh, here's your order confirmed. Never yes. got that email. Yeah. It kind of, it, it almost annoys me how fast it is because I'm still on my phone trying to like exit the app and I get the, the email, you know, I click on the email by accident because it's already come on so fast. Yeah. yeah, this kind of reminds me, last year I did, I don't know how, I think I just was really lucky. And you might try Target. I don't know if you have a Target app. But that was how I got my Xbox Series X last year. And that was that was kind of a rodeo too, was to get one of those. People are still trying to get a PS5. It's been a year. It's insane. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm seeing, I'm seeing they'll get resold on facebook for like a thousand dollars yes yeah i i've actually i i, I know somebody that posted one uh it was it was a ps5 with a, with a game <laughs> i'm not gonna say it with a game and all this stuff he said is i think it was unopened and he said i bought it the wife's upset i, I i'm i'm selling it back eleven hundred dollars like i was like uh if you bought it and your wife's upset like you should sell it back for what you paid for it Yes. Like you're not flipping this system. Yeah. Anyways. Um, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a absolute lie. So the target I've checked target all like online. It says in stores only out of stock. It's not available to be 
shipped or you're like, you, you can't even place like a back order on these things. Like there's, it just says unavailable or out of stock. Like you can't even get in line right now. And I so much want the, the, the screen is so much better. Um, it's bigger, brighter, better contrast. It's newer. I'm sorry, man. You just, you just gotta keep on trucking. Maybe, maybe it'll show up Thursday. You never know. <laughs> just like, like it never got confirmed through Amazon. It's like, Hey, I actually never got this. It's like some guy in a Vespa just shows up. Hey, here's your switch. What? He's like, holds his hand out for like a cash tip or something. <laughs> yeah, that'll be $1,100, sir. No, I already paid for it. We So we also paid for it with like credit card rewards points. So maybe that had something to do with it. I shouldn't. But it, I mean, it should if, have gone if, through immediately, just like everything else. Anyways. Yeah. Dealing with trying to get a switch. It's a hectic thing. It's a hectic thing to do something like that during the holidays. Even though you're not like, it's not, this isn't Christmas Eve and you're trying to do it. This, it's still November and you're trying to do it and still having trouble. Yeah, man. It's like I said, we, we've been on this for a couple of weeks. Anytime I see it available, I was like, ah, should I do it? Uh, I don't want to. So I'm waiting for the OLED. So anyways, that'll do it for us on the 23 personal podcast. Next week, we'll have our bowl game preview, basketball reactions, to Providence in Tennessee. For Michael, I'm Spencer. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23Personnel, Spencer at PuntSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.